0: what's up you're listening to first issue club where your weekly comic book podcast talks about first issues and the comic book news without a couple members today it's just me mike D, and budget king
1: what a duo oh yeah the 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 duos dynamic duo oh easily greg it's <laughs> <he's> just okay <laughs> Greg is a a good uh, team member, but when they think of duos Batman and Robin, um, George Bush and uh, Chaney, they also think, you know, Mike D. Right. Budget King. Yes. I miss
0: Greg dearly. I hope Greg is doing well. Same. Um, We've got a lot of cool books to cover this week. Yeah, we're going to be talking about Human Target. Yeah, by heavy hitter Tom King on DC. Sounds like a not a DC book. No, what? not at all. Right, and we'll see if it reads like a DC book. Oh, when we I talk about I it. I can't wait. Thanks for that little <laughs> teaser. <laughs> and then we've got New Burn, which is a Gipszadarski book, out on Image Comics. Oh yeah, another heavy hitter. Uh huh. How about it? Uh, it, there's a lot of stuff this week. Dark Knights Dark of Steel came out. Okay, as well. and this is like a Renaissance era or like knights in shining armor camelot-esque story but with dc characters yeah
1: i think it it kind of follows superman at first but then it's like but it's camelot yeah <laughs> so it's like
0: a different time period i rolled my eyes at this and then throughout the day i've been thinking what is it like though i almost wish i would have just bought it just because i'm curious and i think that they're relying on a lot of people having the same reaction that i am it, it yeah it it was it was not bad you read it yeah uh, so. <laughs> i kind of wonder just like who has that idea is is this something cooked up by like the staff at dc when they're in like a room and they're just like what's a i mean thing yeah. we can do that's gonna like Think about be like, a quirky event. If you're a nerd and you're a writer, yeah. you
1: have a hard on for Camelot. I mean, that seems to be the case, especially at DC with
0: Aquaman and all that kind of shit. Do modern era writers still have hard ons for Camelot? <laughs> I I
1: think if you're over like fifty, you do. <laughs> you you like you. It
0: doesn't get any better than the
1: Canterbury Tales. <laughs> I couldn't tell you jack shit about Camelot. I mean, I know about the sword and the stone mm-hmm. and uh, round tables. There we go. Yeah. Um, otherwise, don't really care. Oh, Lancelot. There we go. Okay. Uh, Parzivald. I know more than most people. Yeah. Look at you. <laughs> this
0: is right up your alley. I must be a nerd. Okay. So, by Skip, you got to make a verdict. Uh,
1: Surprisingly fun. Okay. Great artwork. Um and like somewhat like newsworthy in some way or like could be like I think it's elseworldly but like obviously just like uh, yeah. DC versus vampires right so but, they could kill characters yeah and they can no repercussions do some fun things um def- if if you have zero expectations it'll blow you out of the water okay that's where I'm sitting <laughs> yeah if if you have any expectations at all it like probably isn't worth you buying it. <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's a dollar bin purchase for me. Yeah, sit on it. This okay. is, it ain't going anywhere, right? Yeah. Um. So that came out this week. There was a lot of Scout number ones.
0: I, I don't. I don't know if you all if, of those. If you saw those, no, I didn't. Um. So some of them actually looked kind of cool. Scout books have been looking better and better. Yeah,
1: they have been. So good. Good job, Scout. Um. There was uh one the North Bend series is coming back. Oh, I remember that. Um. And then Ranger Stranger. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, I guess, whatever, you know? Uh-huh. Um, so, and then, uh, I don't know if you saw that Hellboy, The Bones of Giants, Yeah, uh, was like, people were kind of talking about that a little bit, like, mm-hmm. as Hellboy kind of returning in some ways. Mainline Hellboy. Is that Mainland Hellboy? Okay, I... This is where we need Greg. Yeah,
0: it is where we need Greg. It, 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 it is Mike writing it. Yeah, so Mike McNoll is back, and he kind of took a hiatus from writing for a while um i think the last book he wrote kind of tied up hellboy the character story but he said he's coming back to write stories within the same universe um i i know he said you know other people are doing other things with the character while i'm gone but as far as i'm concerned hellboy's dead moving forward okay but he's starting with a mini arc of hellboy (laughs) but but Maybe that was just conjecture, so he could surprise you a little more okay. when he comes back with his story. So, who knows? Maybe it's set in the past. I have no clue. It, uh, I love that
1: we're going through every book we're not going to cover this week. Just <laughs> kind of fun. So, we might as well just finish it out. All right. Did you see that Cullen Bunn had a book this week? I did. On I s- Aftershock?
0: Yeah. The synopsis didn't necessarily grab me, so I skipped it. Yeah. There well, was just a lot of books this week. It's
1: called The Heathens. It didn't make our top. Uh, and then uh, a short-run mini series of like a one through six called A Thing Called Truth. Looked very interesting. Didn't get a chance to read it yet. Okay. Not familiar with it at all. You d- you weren't familiar with it at uh-uh. all. Okay. It is uh, that I hadn't heard of the writer either, but whatever. You know, okay. Im- image books are seemingly interesting. Uh, and then you picked
0: up a book called The Rush. Yes. Simon Spurrier book. I like him a lot. He's been crediting crediting himself as Cy Spurrier a lot lately. I've seen that. It's been I mean, throwing if, me if, off. If go, I think if you're Simon you go, Hey, I'm Psy sometimes. I'm sigh sometimes. Yeah, sometimes I'm moan. <laughs> yeah. Um uh, but that's a one of our favorite publishers, Vault. Vault, yeah. They've been hitting lately. Um haven't read it yet, but looking forward to it. Um Magic Order came back as number 2. Not gonna read it. <laughs> I
1: don't give a shit. Yeah. Didn't give a shit the first time when it was a Netflix cash grab. Yep. And that might be it on the like all the cool fronts of anything. Anything else? Oh, April O'Neil had to book this out this week. You go girl. <laughs> so that's all the shit that we're not covering. Let's get into the news. Okay, great.
0: That's a little funny. We don't normally do it that way. This is a change up. Hey, I kind of like it. Our brand is First Issues. Let's give a rundown right (laughs) off the top. Just the First Issues. Yeah. Yeah. Straight to business. Is it fun to hear the things that we didn't read or maybe have no fun facts about? (laughs) We just have a list for you. (laughs) Hey, people find lists lists helpful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like like as if you went to the doctor's office
1: Mm -hmm. and the doctor was like, here's... All the new cars you could buy that came out in 2021 yep.
0: and gave you a little rundown. Great. You'd be like, I didn't come here for that, but fine. Maybe you have a competing first issue podcast and you listen to ours to find out what first issues came out this week. Hey, do we we don't we don't bring this up enough, but do you remember the time? Oh, do you remember the time?
1: That's one of my favorite MJ songs. Okay. Um, When a little Facebook uh, company ripped uh-huh. us off. Uh, Ripped our idea off and tried to do it and couldn't couldn't quite do it and here we cut it Here we are, over 230 episodes later And they're eating our shit So, uh, don't try to do what we do better than you <laughs> Cause it ain't gonna work we, Prove it We've been owning first issues too long It's our stock and trade, <laughs> baby Just like, uh, I don't know, what's a really sucky sports team? The Jets. <laughs> there's like the Jets are terrible forever. We own first
0: issue clubs forever,
1: or first issues forever,
0: and clubs for for that matter, I guess. Oh, okay. So you're saying as sure as the Jets <laughs> will be bad next season, yeah, we'll still be here doing first issue during clubs. first yeah, issues. Yeah. Okay. We're old, reliable, as they say. Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Consistently <laughs> mediocre. <laughs> All right. The, there was a news a news thing that that happened. <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs>
1: Just a one. Uh, well, I think this is the big news story, unless you have more news than this one. Well, I got
0: one thing to talk
1: about. Oh, hit me with the one news before we get to that. I
0: game. wanted to get into the Morbius trailer oh! that came out as of this recording. It came out just the other day.
1: You told me to, uh, to pat as one of the Budget King patented uh, viewing things that I do is I watch it with... Not with missing one sense. Yeah, either right. my, either my sight or my sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I I did I did all five senses. I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: didn't watch it at all. I tell me about it. Okay, dark, brooding makes a lot of references to the Spider-Man universe to remind you that it is a Marvel movie. One of the things that's funny about the Sony movies that aren't Spider-Man is like. They're like, yeah, we're part of the Spider-Man thing. Like, always remember that, please. But <laughs> what they don't want you to remember is that, like, Morbius isn't going to cross over into the MCU Disney movies. Like, they're, they, they're trying <laughs> they to... They want you to, like, forget that They're part. trying to pretend that, like, this, the, these are all the same movie universes. And then Disney's like, not when we talk about them. Maybe when you do, they are, but not us. Um, what a starfucker mentality. Yeah, so it kind of had that going on. It Jared Leto at this point to me, is kind of like he seems corny and he came across as corny in this trailer and the whole thing seemed like the a lot of the trailer was just like set up where I could tell like this is scene change. This is location B, C, D, e. Um, and Jared Leto's still not a cool looking vampire guy. So I just kept waiting for it to happen. I think this movie might be a little too long and a little too serious for a vampire superhero, anti-hero story. Does Blade make an appearance in this at all? I have not heard mention of Blade in the trailer. Uh, Michael Keaton's tombs, the vulture, shows up. Okay. So he's in it for at least a brief moment, Um, maybe more. And then they reference Venom in the trailer. (laughs) Did you see that other Venom movie? No, I haven't. Let There Be Carnage. I heard it was awful. I bet it is. But I'll say that the first Venom movie was like fun in an action movie sort of way. Right. Not as bad as people thought it was. Right. And I'm wondering if it's going to be the same with the Carnage one. Okay. Like it can't be that bad, right? I Just I special know. effects wise, it just looks fun. Yeah. So I'm not mad about it. I don't really care if some of these like non MCU movies are good or not. Do you know what? I feel the same way about Eternals. You don't, don't. You don't care if it's good or not. I don't
1: care if it's bad. I'll still see it. Like I, I'm like I. What do I care? Yeah. It, it doesn't affect any of my mainline shit. I'm glad they made it. I like Jack Kirby. By like,
0: by the time this episode releases, Eternals will have had an opening weekend. Yeah. And we'll know a lot more about like general population reception to it and whatnot. There's been a lot of discussion in the last couple days about people doing the like review bombing of being like, I'm someone who hates diversity, so I'm leaving a bad review. okay. And Wow. (laughs) I think Fulcher had an article and so did Vice that was like how, how much of the bad review can we blame on, like, sexist bigots and how much of it's just, like, sometimes it's a, okay to, like, appreciate that a movie is diverse but also just generally, like, not enjoy that movie. <laughs> right. I think they were saying, like, this is, like, a big um, – uh, there's, there's a case to be made here that, like, some people are going to look at this and say you crammed a lot of diversity into this movie and you, and you put – queer characters in it and if it doesn't succeed or isn't received well then like that's the reason why yeah and we're saying like no these things can be wholly and completely separate like sometimes people just aren't into a movie it could still be bad (laughs) it could still be bad um but i know like people like this director a lot and a lot of the people in the movie are cool so we'll see i'm i'm gonna wait and see it myself and i'll have my own opinions i'm sure
1: yeah i hope it's good
0: yeah all right the big news of the week um image comics has unionized or
1: is making an attempt to unionize
0: yes um they've announced their intention to form a union um, which is the first step of forming a union is to announce your intention. <laughs> Sounds like a joke, but is actually no. <laughs> not. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> They've got a website online. Do you remember the name of the union? Is it called Comics United? It's something like that. Okay. And I, and I want to be clear too that this is these are like staff at Image Comics. Right. And they're more it's
1: not like the individual writers that publish.
0: No, it's more like the people who handle like production and um facilitation like of digital printing yeah. scanning um obviously there's tons of jobs at a comic book publisher but you may be saying to yourself oh, who's unionizing image comics is independent and its creators are published yeah. kind of like self-publishing these things well image comics is a huge company and there's a lot of people and inner workings at that company Its actual staff are the people who are trying to unionize, and they're apparently the first group of staff at any comic book publishing house trying to unionize, which is a surprise to me because you often hear um, people who used to work at Marvel or DC talk about how abysmal it was and the pressures of um, unrealistic – um, amounts of work and schedules that are being crammed constantly but I, and I, low, low pay.
1: I think that image coming, being birthed out of a juxtaposition to the big two mm-hmm. and trying to say, here's how we do it differently, and here's how we do it better, and here's how we give more money to the creators, it seems appropriate that they would lead the charge in this because they were kind of groomed for it. Right. What is a little bit disheartening is the claims from the union that they lack diversity, they lack good pay, they lack good work benefits, there's a uh, negative toxic work culture, yep. all of the typical I don't know, things that would make you want to unionize.
0: Everyone who starts a new comic book publisher always says, we're going to be the industry disruptor, we're going to do it different, we're going to do it right, and y- you know, if if one of those models... You know, actually did it and actually found a way to work it out, then a lot of people would move to those publishers and they'd be highly successful. But so far a lot of those things seem like they haven't happened. I think
1: I guess it's just bad idea, man. (laughs) The publisher. Yeah, the bad yeah, the publisher (laughs) is just gonna save it all. Um Oh, and,
0: and of course Substack. And Substack. I think uh image may be lost sight of some of their goals a little bit to be disrupting and do it their own way and be successful that, you know, I think you would probably stay at any business for a while and things get away from you and maybe you need a gut check to say, hey, we could be doing some things better. Um, I think props to these people for, you know, figuring out some way to try to make it happen. Who knows where it goes or if it's successful or not. I think one of the unfortunate things about the comic book industry is that there's, you know, a limited number of jobs for how many people are like diehard in love with comics and they get away with taking advantage of people who want to be in the industry and close to comics because of that. It's just a cool job. Yeah. When I meet someone who works at a comic book publisher, I'm like, wow, awesome. I'm jealous. Yeah, Everything you do sounds cool and mystical to me, and the fact that you're even, like, copied on emails with people I idolize is, like, mind-blowing. That doesn't mean that you should be making a less-than-livable wage, especially when you're working long hours. Right. So, uh, I don't know. It seems like they're getting a lot of support. I've seen a lot of props on their social media accounts. They've got a so, um, image a website petition, <laughs> Im- and the names on it are really big names. There's a lot of huge writers, artists, et cetera, on this petition that they've got posted.
1: So Image issued a statement about it, Yeah, and it seemed as if they were saying, we kind of do things okay. They were definitely not acknowledging the union in their statement.
0: Yeah, it was—in one respect, it sounded like we're proud of our people and what we do here— and we strive to create, like, a good environment, but didn't acknowledge that they have anything to fix. Was that kind of like the general sentiment that you took away from it? Well, it,
1: it wasn't – I mean, it was more so like the news is there's a union forming. So your statement can either say we accept the union, we we, we look forward to the, them unionizing and working with them, mm-hmm.
0: or you can say we're not going to accept the union they didn't either. You're saying, yeah, anything in between is just like basically a, a non-statement. Yeah,
1: I think I think if you don't acknowledge the union, then you've done the, we don't accept the union.
0: Yeah. I could be wrong on that, but that seems to be a little bit of how that would play out. I, I wonder how long the higher-ups at Image Comics have known this was in the works, and maybe they need a little bit of time— To figure it out, talk to their own people, talk amongst themselves. Talk to the lawyers. Talk to lawyers. Uh, It's my understanding that Rob Liefeld's conservative, so (laughs) he may be someone who's not stoked about a union. Okay, so what happens if your workers
1: unionize
0: and you say, no, you don't, you fire them all? Is that what happens? Right. They're (laughs) they're essentially no no longer working for you, right? I don't know if I technically understand um we probably shouldn't hash this out exactly with, with how that with, works
1: with us uh, not knowing labor how labor laws work yeah i guess we'll just follow the story see where it goes i'm interested to see where it goes yeah our uh you know my favorite publisher probably yeah so uh trouble in paradise you know not everything's perfect in hawaii
0: occasionally they get hurricanes <laughs> and at a minimum it's bringing attention to something right yeah i think good on them you've gotten together and done something that's not an easy conversation to have and maybe not simple to organize, but you got together, you did it. We're we're talking about it. Plenty of other people are talking about it. It's, it's already a victory in some sense. So good on you, image staff. Before we get into our comics today, we want to shout out our favorite brewery in the whole entire world, Boulevard Brewing Company, based out of our hometown of Kansas City. We are sponsored by one of the best IPAs in the world, Space Camper. It's delicious. It's nerd-themed. It's got comic book vibes. Pick up this hoppy taste of joy at your local liquor store. I had people coming over for Halloween. Uh-huh. I
1: needed to supply the parents that were going to walk with the kids some yep. alcohol. I thought I can get some bushly yard beer. I said, no, I'm going <laughs> to go with my beer. And I went with my beer. Space Camper, and there was not a single adult that left not smiling, their green asses off as they left. Beautiful. Happy campers drinking Space Campers. Wow. Yep, that's my endorsement. Saved Halloween, basically. <laughs> so Yeah, wow. The beer that saved Halloween. Yeah, the Charlie Brown of Halloween.
0: So thank you, Space Camper. Yes. Um, all right. We're going to be talking about New burn on Image Comics first this was a chip zadarski story I can't remember who the artist is oh well I know who the artist is it's uh Sean Phillips's brother oh. or cousin or I don't know how they're actually related well uh, I'll say it is a very noir sort of title so that makes sense they keep it in the family yep they're trying to monopolize all noir detectives Jacob shit. Phillips Jacob Phillips okay And there was a backup story, too, that threw me off. Different artist, different writer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a little bit. It was a great story, though. It was. Four four or five pages, seemingly completely unrelated from the primary story. One of my only things that I I can think of is, like, is this a teaser for the next issue? Is, like, it's something that's going to be, like, serialized like a TV show? Like, we're kind of teased the murder mystery that starts for issue two.
1: Yeah, I I think they just wanted to give you a lot in the yeah. first book and like really like because I was after I ate it I was like that's a Big Mac I I enjoyed it and I I still have fries Are you fucking kidding Come me I got, I got fries over here shit man it's a full ass meal um so I, I I thoroughly enjoyed it I do I do feel like this was uh Chips being like yo Sean Phillips I see what you do over there. Give me, some, I could do some of that too. Yeah, you're not the only one, Bub. Yeah, I'm just sitting here with ideas. I'm a writer, and I, I think he did it in his Chip Zdarsky way. He didn't. Uh, this is a just straight noir. Yeah, like there's nothing not noir about this. It's mafioso. It's a uh, crime. It's you know,
0: you don't know who the bad guy is really. And a lot of people say this is the stuff they love about his Daredevil run. Yes. and so he's basically doing it, but without Daredevil. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like he's great at like family politics and big city stuff. and it, if somebody had said to me, this is
1: about a detective that has essentially uh, been bought out by all of the crime families in New York to do their do um, agnostic, or unionized, sanctioned crime detecting. Yeah. For them, I would have been like, oh, kind of cool, interesting. I, I haven't read that anywhere, but I also don't care. Yeah. This book was fucking great. <laughs> fucking great, man. Uh, now, at, at, at every turn, like from the very beginning to the very end, yeah. this full meal
0: was very enjoyable. I agree. I will say, our other book, Human Target, is also kind of noir-esque, yes. old guy detective. We trip up and, into this a lot. Like last week when we did two Tunyon books. We, I, we have accidental themes quite a bit. Yes. And I don't know if publishers do this on purpose where they're like, let's put out our book that's kind of like that the same week to squash the indies or whatever it is. I don't know. But in any case, it was a little too much old white guy for me by the time we were... Yes. I was done with both books. That's not either individual book's fault. Also, if you're... Just good- reading them in one sitting, I was like, oh, these guys are kind of similar. If you have both of the books that we're covering this week, yeah. read Newborn.
1: First? Second. Second, okay. Because it's a easier read. It's just like... Yeah. It's just, you know, easy. It's candy. Uh-huh. And the other book that we are covering... It um, takes a little bit of like digestion. Doesn't yeah. make it bad, but it's like if you just read this and you're coming into that, it's gonna be. That's not how I'd order up the meal. Yeah, um, I'm really into this metaphor right now, of food. Great. Yeah, I'll <laughs> keep, keep with it. I'm really a food guy. Uh-huh. Kind of.
0: Yeah, I know shit about food. Um, to Newburn's credit, we get along with our very tropey old guy detective, um, a person of color who he kind of enlists as a sidekick. Yeah. And I, it seems like he's aware that she's part of this crime and he could easily report her, have her killed. There's a bunch of different crime families that would be like, oh, fuck this person for what they did. But he's recognized what she's done is so clever that he's like, this person is maybe worth getting on my side. Um, so- I, I did not see the... Plot coming in anyway. Neither did I. And there's, I, there's diary entries throughout the book from a person named Laura. And I assumed it was the cop that he talks to when he's, like, first entering the crime scene because it's <laughs> – they're, they're knowledgeable of the players and the crime families. And then this woman – who is just like a neighbor, is pretending to know nothing. But you figure out by the end of the book, she is Laura. Or Emily. Emily.
1: Not to fact check you, but I was like, I could have sworn it started with an E. (laughs) Um, But you're right. You find out that she is Emily. Right. Yeah. Also, I like that they make him old, but they start him out doing pull-ups. Uh-huh. And then at one point in time, he's got to fuck with the bouncer, and he flips out, One of those canes that, you know, I'm not taking shit canes. I don't know if you've ever seen those things. They look like little Harry Potter magic wands. That's right. But they're weighted. Yep. And he beat him up with that guy. You know that this is a fit old man. And
0: one thing I like is fit old men. Keeping it tight. Yeah. Gives me hope. Right, exactly. I can see my future in him. Yeah. I could be a retired detective Mm -hmm. and still be fit. I'm a dirty comic book podcaster. Maybe later I can... Yeah. Parlay that into some gig. I'm sure he's working for all the publishers. Seems somehow. like he started off late in life. <laughs> um, so 100 recommend. Yeah, pick of the week. I think it's going to be kind of. It seems like it might be in that noir spirit moving forward, where we've kind of got like a serialized, like who done it, solve it, who done it, solve it. Maybe not an it. ongoing arc that persist throughout a larger storyline, if there is one. Maybe it's like the politics between the crime families and he gets in between them. There's a lot of interesting places for it to go, but at its simplest form, if it's just a monthly who done it. Great. That's kind of fun. I like Sherlock Holmesy stuff where like the twist is clever and you didn't see it coming. When I read a book
1: this easy and it's an author that I am a big fan of, yeah. I just go ahead and pre-order up to the Newest book that I can pre-order. Yeah. Because I'm just like, eh, I'm going to like it. Yeah. I just, I want to make sure I get it. Mm-hmm. So, Chip, I got a few of your
0: books coming my way. If this was a TV show- Scratch my back, please. <laughs> would you have seen it coming? No. The Emily twist? No way. No way. I think we would have. You think so? I'm a dumb-dumb, I'm a Because dumb, this is how all- ncis oh crime stories you gotta set up the partner work where they the the a person you meet who seems just like a bystander at the beginning ends up being the murderer you you watch me you watch tv that's good <laughs> like real
1: tv i'm not talking streaming shit i'm talking like the stuff that you gotta have antennas for like you know you know the the format. This is this is right. This is an A B C show, mm-hmm. you know, that's coming at you. Yeah, you're right. That's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but comment back form I didn't see it coming. Yeah. I thought we had one guy, we're following him all the way through. Yep. But no. It was great. Good great cover too, great art. I mean, it's this all
0: round A plus. Way to go, Chip. You did it, Chip. You you hardly you know, Chip doesn't miss too he often. He rarely misses, that's right. So. I I did find myself thinking, I wish there's maybe a little superhero shit in here. Did you? I kind of wanted a little bit of supernatural stuff. I think the oh, I always want that. The older I get, the more I find I gravitate towards same, same. Some I, stuff with the a fantastical element. I
1: I'll tell you this right now, and this is the the cold hard truth: I fucking hate reading chapter books or the the novel, the written word, if it doesn't have anything <laughs> fantastical in it. <laughs>
0: I just can't stand it. Get Jonathan Franzen. Get the fuck out of here, man. Like this is why I like Chip Zdarsky's Stillwater book so much. Is that he does a lot of these interesting, great dynamics and crime things that he's so good at writing. But it's in a town where people can't die. Like just that little, yeah, little twist twist there. Like makes it so interesting to me. Maybe, maybe sometimes that makes these like. More based in reality books, a little maybe we'll find out that d- the read. detective is reptilian. His like eyes will blink the wrong way.
1: <laughs> and then I'll start looking for clues. It's a Department of Truth tie-in. Now we have a Tom King book. Yep, famous DC writer. I mean, not
0: always a DC writer. You know what? He was. He didn't have m- much of a comic writing career, at least that I'm aware of. Before he moved to DC, he did that Vision book, which I think. Wrote his ticket for life. Yes, certainly. That was such a well-received comic. And after that, DC signed him to an exclusive deal, and he's been writing, like, 12-part miniseries ever since. Miracle Man, all the all the greats. Mm-hmm. So Tom King knows how to write his way
1: around a book. Yep. And here we got the human target, which is a DC
0: new character, I guess? As far as I know, and we might sound like noobs because of this, and maybe, like, with anything DC. This is the same I-Vampire shit. So if you're going to ding us on that, go fuck yourself. <laughs> it might be something that, like, hey, this character's been around since the 30s. But Yeah, whatever. I, I, I know the Justice League. I don't know this guy. So we, we, I love a good story like this because essentially it's,
1: like, it is a crime noir uh-huh. of sorts. This guy is the person that um, can kind of pretend to be somebody else that's going to get hit. Master um, of
0: Disguise.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and but he's associated with the Justice League of Sorts. Like he kind of knows them. So they come in as side characters even though we're just following him. Right. Um, and so it's really great because it it's it almost reminds me of that book that you liked early on where we got one of the Hydra characters. Do uh, you remember this like almost? Hank five... Johnson, Agent of Hydra. <laughs> yeah. Although that was like comic-y. Yeah. Or whatever, but it was like funny to get this like it was just about his family. Yeah. And like it happened to be Hydra oriented. Right. Here it's like we're exploring the Justice League or like Lex Luthor. I mean, the way that this comic book explores Lex Luthor from this angle is like one of the most fun ways I've ever seen Lex Luthor like done. Sure.
0: You know? So it's yeah. like great. A great way to explore the DC universe. Our leads characters with our lead characters conversations with the Justice League members are so casual in a way that's just like how do you talk to someone in a cape and mask like that? It it was almost like disarming to me. Just because I there's just a certain repertoire that you just don't see yeah that much in superhero comics and he did a really good job of it. And I I think this
1: book was great. And my my only criticism was just reading it after Newborn Newborn. Yeah. Um but one of the, like, well, that's a dumb, like, kind of story thing I was going to go into. But I, I, I think, like, just in general, this is a great new series. Like, it's it's very fascinating. I think the one ding here is, like, another old white guy. And we don't really get any juxtaposition to the old white guy Yeah, here. But the old white guy is lovable, interesting. He almost dies. And he's okay with death. <laughs> yeah, and I like I like a person that understands their mortality. That doesn't care. That's how you know you're gonna be successful in life. Yep. This is my true advice to anybody: <laughs> if you're okay with dying, you're gonna be okay.
0: It can only get worse or better. I'm not sure what the you moral do, is there. Yeah, you look at like you look. Your boss is you know
1: really fucking with you, and you just look into his eyes, and you know it, death doesn't even bother me. Shit.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> And then, you know, you go about your day. You have a gear in your brain (laughs) for self-protection that I just don't have, maybe. I guess. I don't know. (laughs) I'm not saying I've I've achieved this. Oh, okay. I've witnessed
1: this as the key to success in other people. Got it. It's a desirability (laughs) that I have. Like Chuck Norris, I felt like, had this. Or, you know, MacGyver. People that I really respect.
0: (laughs) They just didn't care. Great okay. lady. I just picture a, a notepad paper pinned to your wall with those two names on it. And you just look at it every day and you're just like a little closer. I'm a yeah. little closer. A little day. closer to it. Their, their greatness. That's <laughs> what um, I strive for. I can't go any further without saying Greg Smallwood's art's fucking Amazing. I think he's one of my favorite artists. I've got a poster that he screen printed. I was gonna say his artwork it, looks screen printed, which is one of the most beautiful things about oh it. Oh my god, it's, it's so overlaid. Yes, it's beautiful. It's so textured. It's some of the most textured art you'll see in a comic today. Not a name you see thrown around in like
1: coveted artwork, people. Right. But fucking fabulous. One of my favorites.
0: Just amazing. Yeah. Um. So. He did a great job here. Tonally, it matched the story really well, I think. Um, but I, I did want to mention this is one of those storylines wherein we're kind of given the end up front. Yeah. And then we see a countdown to like, or a count backwards to like the day it started. So he's got 12 days until he dies, essentially. And I think this is a 12-part series, so every issue is going to be another day where he's trying to solve his own murder. So this is kind of like a who killed Roger Rabbit sort of right. thing. Um, but, you know, in this first issue, he avoids
1: a near death. Yeah. And so I feel like that's a little bit of a foreshadow. Right. That he might be he, cap- be capable of avoiding the foreshadowed death.
0: Sure, yeah. Fake poisoning. Yeah. Someone po- – so, yeah. So <laughs> the crux – the the situation is – He's trying to prevent – Lex Luthor has hired him to suss out who's trying to kill him, and he plans on taking a bullet. What he doesn't plan on is someone poisoning his coffee earlier in the morning. So he's <laughs> there's been an attempt on his life that he wasn't expecting, and we suss out that the main suspects at the end of this are the Justice League members who have – essentially all this time been of a moral high ground wherein they're not willing to kill someone like like Lex Luthor, even though they're so opposed to his whole deal. Well, one of them has, uh, we can assume unless there's a surprise twist here, has decided enough is enough. You know, my other team members might not um, approve of this, but I'm going to secretly find a way to get some Stuff in his coffee, and we're gonna kill him. I would assume it's Vampire Green Lantern.
1: <laughs> They're tied together.
0: <laughs> yes. Imagine if that's the like a reference point in this. People would be like, "What? <laughs> be like, what the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> I think way more people are reading this than DC vampires. Do you think? Uh, or DC no? Or is it vampires? the other way around? Um, I think maybe more people are reading DC versus vampires. I think that's a
1: big smash him up book. Yeah. Whereas this is like you kind of have to be in on the Tom King vibe. Yeah. But I don't know. You know, I think you go into a store and somebody rec-
0: somebody's going to recommend you Tom King. So, totally. But here my thing is is that you walk past this book on the countertop at your local comic yeah. shop the day it's new and you don't even register it as a DC comic. Yeah. It looks like an independent comic with a no-name character. That's probably some James Bond-esque sort of thing, which normally for me, instant skip. (laughs) Oh, yeah, totally. So I I hope people who aren't like just major DC heads attached to the pulse of everything they're doing, those people are going to find it. But I hope people who aren't that still find their way or this book has enough buzz or hype that people make their way to it. Because the first issue rocked. Yeah. You think you'll stay on it all the way all, to, all through 12? I have a hard time not reading, seeing Tom King things out. Yeah. There's a lot of books of his that, like, even if they may be... I said bye-bye to Miracle Man. <laughs> did you? Yeah. Some some of his books have certainly, like, meandered for me around the middle, but they all have, like, a pretty good ending. Um, I thought the same thing. I thought that about Strange Adventures, where it kind oh, of, like... so good. It It middled for a little bit for me, but, like... On the whole, I thought it was fucking great. The art throughout is amazing, especially that this is Greg Smallwood. Um, Like, certainly going to see it out and the twist that it might be a Justice League member is really fun. So uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing where it goes. And again, with these, this is a Black Label book, I think. Oh, it is? Oh, God. And all these Black Label books have beautiful spot gloss on the covers and they, the, the treatments are always incredible. I just love holding them in my hands. So they're, they're worth having in my collection just for that, I think. Yeah. So
1: good week for comics.
0: Yeah. Good job, November. <laughs> Early
1: November. You know, looking down the barrel of Thanksgiving and Christmas, and you're
0: saying, let's get some books in. And you did it. Not a lot of my actual monthlies came out today. So I saved some money at the comic shop. Technically, Crossover
1: would have come out this week because of the pushback. Right. I think, who knows, what is a delivery day anymore? You know, what is a Wednesday? If it it doesn't come anymore, who knows? Are all books just delivered on the same day? Yeah. A published date, is no more. They're on sale when they get there, maybe. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, like the Crossover continued
0: this week and... Uh, we're, gonna do, we're gonna do an episode on it. Ed Brubaker's Friday came out in trade. Did it? I yeah. pre-ordered it, so Did I don't it? know when it's coming. It was like fifteen bucks or something. Okay. Um, I think I'm gonna go back and read it digitally. Okay. I've been spending a lot of money lately on not fun home things, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna do the uh, if if <laughs> if you're in the same boat, you can read this on Panel Syndicate at, under like a pay what you want thing. So. Oh. The, go, go find Ed Brewbreaker's Friday on there.
1: The third book of the James Stoku book came out where he battles all
0: these uh, gods. The um, I must have fallen off whatever this book is because that's not ringing any bells. Okay. I, it has like a the tale of something. It has a
1: crazy-ass title. I just see it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that book. Okay. so If you say so. Oh, I do, and I do. <laughs> it's a Budget King endorsement. Just like both of these books, and just like this podcast, actually, and just like First Issues in general. Sure. And just like the audience members, and just like Boulevard Beer.
0: (laughs) And if that's not a tightly wrapped bow, I don't know what else is going to do it for you. So bye. (laughs) First Issue Club is brought to you by Boulevard Brewing Company via Space Camper Cosmic IPA. Our music is courtesy of the fine folks at Primary Color Music. You can find, friend, and follow us on social media at First Issue Club or FirstissueClub.com. You can support First Issue Club by joining us on our Patreon for additional content at Patreon.com slash First Issue Club.